This is Splice. Hello, everybody. This is a, I think it would be the second recording of Splice Pink, a, a failed project at first to record interesting stories and to talk about media entrepreneurs. Today, we're doing something different, right, Rashad? Well, we send out these little emails, you know, every time somebody signs up for newsletters because we're enthusiastic like that. And, you know, when Talha had in Pakistan wrote back, he said he loved the work we were doing. And then it turns out that he's the founder and CEO of Centrum Media and they specialize in video content. I'm really excited to speak to you, Talha and Alexa. Likewise, guys, thank you so much for inviting us. And we are quite excited to have this chat. So you made the mistake of responding to our emails, as <laughs> as often happens. When someone signs up, they get an email from either uh, one of us or both of us very often, if, if you sign up for both the newsletters, in which we would often ask, you know, what do you do? So let's start with that question, Tal, and, uh, and then over to you, Alexa. What do both of you do at Centrum? So I think as you introduced, my name is Talha, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Centrum Media. So TCM is basically Pakistan's first digital news network specializing in video content. In uh, It's been roughly like four years. We launched in 2017, January. In about four years, we have produced more than 4,000 videos on our platform. We have roughly 1.6 million followers across social platforms, and we have a reach of about like 15 to 20 million a month. Alexa, what do you do at the Centrum Media? Sure. So my uh, official title is Chief Strategy Officer, and this gets into one of our, or at least part of our business model, which is linking up with the development industry. So that's my background is media development. And so I support our, our business development team, or I lead our business development team, and linking up with international development programming in, I think we're, we're in six different countries we were yeah. just talking about. Wait, six different countries. How how does that work? So so basically, I think one thing which we are trying to figuring it out as well as all the sort of a new startup is like how to monetize, you know. So there's not a lot of like funding in Pakistan and like around the world as well. So what we did was like when we launched TCM, we I think after a year, like we launched like kind of like two other companies. Uh, so one is the Centrum Communications, which is a strategic communication company who help development sector making content, digital strategies, consultancies, marketing and distribution. And our third company is more of a TCM Studios, which is a production company where we still... Uh, so before starting TCM, just to give you a context, I was a video journalist for Vice, Guardian, BBC and now this and working uh, as a freelancer for all international outlets. So still like we have, you know, some contacts and sometimes people reach out to us. So we still working uh, and producing stories for international news outlets as well as for the local corporate sector as well in Pakistan. So it's a mix of news and, and documentaries. So you, you started out, as most journalists do, wanting to cover the news and then over time realized that you needed to do a little bit more to, you know, to, make, to make money. Is that how the process went? Exactly, exactly. I mean, like when we started, it's like a very sort of funny story in a way that my I was having like a zero background about business or monetization or like anything. The only aim was to just start a platform where in, in Pakistan, like, you know, the media is like very fragile, like either you are rightist or left. There's not like a centrist sort of 
organization who actual report of stories what's what's happening you know so that was like sort of a starting point and from there then we said okay like there are like thousands of stories like untold and unseen stories because on the traditional media it's just like politics politics and like a day to day stuff another thing which we've seen was that there are a lot of stories or a lot of things going on but no one actually know the context about those stories so on twitter instagram tv channels everyone is talking about like a same same thing so what we decided was like okay like we are not a breaking news organization so what we will do is like we will wait for like an sometimes like for one hour to like sometimes like three days and then try to zoom out and give context of that story so that is like one of the vertical of our you know like news pieces and another is like more of a human interest stories like covering untold and unseen stories around pakistan and the third was like more of going going deep down into the historical events and the people who are sort of adding or like added value in the pakistani ecosystem from politics to entertainment so as an example recently we just finished a series with the bureaucrats of pakistan so like first ever time the bureaucrats like came and how the pakistan like actual political system work we are about to release an exclusive series on the former judges so we interviewed like former judges and first ever time again they are coming in front of the camera and talking about the whole judicial system and also like you know uh, like one of the main sort of themes or like the core reasons of tcm is to humanize everything whether it's like news like human interest stories or whether like these series you we want to like understand the people behind all of those sort of stories and like you know individuals and 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 characters like who they are and how they think because as you know mostly on the media like you don't see see, see that a lot I wanted to ask you Talha it's a question we like asking media startups if you had to articulate what problem the centrum media is trying to solve what would that be so there are like two three different problems which we see at least in the pakistani ecosystem one is when we started that time there was no video platform and in this time our core audience is a young audience like 16 to 25 or 30 and they don't want to read like 100,000 pages articles 1000 words articles so what we did was trying to give them a piece of content or like a summarized information about the news or whatever we are doing in 3 to 4 minutes and so they at, at, at least like understand so b- because i was studying in uk i did my bachelor's and masters from there so over there you know i started seeing people okay like you are going from uh, university to somewhere in the car in the bus in the tube you just have a few minutes to digest all the information and you just then throw the paper and you know go next so what we did was we need to make like a really high quality video content in which the really really difficult topics how can you explain that topic in terms of information visuals understanding of that subject like within 2 to 3 minutes so that was the starting point that we want to give this information in a very easy raw and understandable form so that was just one thing the second was mostly the untold and unseen stories so there are like as i said hundreds of thousands of stories across pakistan but on the digital as well and uh, as on tv everyone is going into viral content like clickbait okay whatever happened hey like click this to understand this this is but when you go into the article there is no substance so one of the example which we did was pakistan's first female truck driver so that story went viral there was another pakistan's first mma female fighter from the north of pakistan 
people don't see those people. So there are like hundreds of stories like those which we covered. And after that, you know, as soon as we start those stories, then the actual, the mainstream media then also started picking it up. Another, I think, problem which we are trying to solve is the social impact uh, vertical which we have. So a lot of stories which we did and then people like start contacting these people and like their lives are getting better as well. So there are actually two examples which I wanted to give. In COVID, I think we did a story on thalassemia patients. So when the COVID started, everyone was talking about the mainstream problems, which everyone was talking. But like, you know, these thalassemia patients, transgender, like how they are coping up with all of this. So we did those stories. And the next day, the government took the action. The, the local DC was there, like the local NGOs went there. So it's really fascinating to see the impact of, of all of this stuff, which we do. Another story which we did was there was like a Pakistani winner of the Asia weightlifting competition. And and as in our countries, like, you know, politicians promise a lot, okay, we'll give you this and we'll give you that. But in the end, he didn't bought anything. And now he is in the Tandoor, like where he makes chapatis for people. And we did the story and, and, and the visuals were really fascinating because he was wearing just a vest and like he was a really muscular body. And he was like, I really want to do this, but I don't have money or anything, you know. So that's why now I'm in this tandoor and making these rotis and chapatis. And the next day, the people came to the shop and he called us and he said, one of the guy came and he gave me a year of money that, okay, I will be sponsoring whole year, like, you know, your exercises, like whatever you want to do, just go and do what you love. So there are like hundreds of examples like this, I think, which we do. And it's fascinating to see and, and hear stories back. And if I can just add to that in terms of the question was like, what problems are we contributing to? And I think this is this is a, a problem, I think, more globally, is that the image of Pakistan is in the news very negative, right? It's something that has been co-opted by the international media. It's something that Pakistanis don't control themselves. And then, and then you have the international development industry, which is my background, right? Which actually wants to often co-opt it. So say, this is your narrative, or these are the kinds of stories that you want to tell. And then there's a backlash against that because people say, no, no, it's not your job to tell us what we are. And then there's this like, there's confusion, there's identity issues, there's sort of this media, and, it, and a lot of the platform for all of these sort of tensions often comes out in the media. And so it's sort of, it's both a problem and an opportunity that what if we could sort of really create a Pakistani narrative, and I don't mean one, I mean sort of something that's really representing the diversity and complexity of this country and really going in, into, the, into the corners and finding some of the stories that Tal has talking about, that's on Pakistani's own terms and Pakistan's own terms and not determined by what someone is writing about Pakistan in London or New York and not what USAID is saying here in Islamabad. I can say that as an American. <laughs> so I think that that's something that I'm really excited about. I love what you're saying about narrative. I was wondering how, if you're presenting an alternate narrative of Pakistani society, does it change the economics of grant applications? So I think we have to be very strategic here. And I think that's that's sort of, you know, it's, a, it's something that we, we think about a lot and, and we talk about a lot and I'm personally very interested in. I think, you know, hopefully there are no <laughs> USA people listening to the podcast. But I think some of it is also, it's not necessarily that the, the intentions are bad, but 
often you have, as, as I use the word, you know, they're just co-opted. So it's basically coming from a perspective of, okay, how do we meet your goals and help you, USAID, I'm just using them as an example that we've actually never received money from USAID, but, you know, US Embassy and, and the like. So basically saying, how do we help you meet your objectives while also basically holding on to ours and making sure that we don't give up too much? Because my experience was that often, you know, there, there is the kind of trend now in the development field that they know that they need to kind of be pay more attention to the local narrative because they've been seen as co-opting and because they've been seen as too top-down. So they're trying to do that to their credit. It's not always done well, but I think we actually have, and, and this has been true for TCM, we actually have an advantage because we can basically say, look, like we can do this really effectively, but it also kind of really calls for us to like stand in our own two feet and say, we're not going to sort of back down or, or cater to your entire results framework. We may cater to some of it, but, but not all of it. So it's sort of using the development industry as it exists to help us reach our goals, which are far beyond the development industry. It's basically a, a sort of a means to get to where we want to go. Whereas often what happens is people sort of take that as their business model and then they adapt themselves to, to those goals and sort of lose their own. So it's, it's the middle in, in true sort of centrum mm. <laughs> fashion. It's taking a very centrist approach. Just, just one thing which which I want to add when you like when you ask about like how how does that affect it's it's really sort of fascinating you know everyone asks us about this because so number one is like we are not funded by anyone like a local giant or like corporation or anything we got a lot of like offers from like these me- big media companies in Pakistan that okay like can you please collaborate if you set up are like digital as well but obviously everyone has an interest like someone is like on right and someone is left who is you know. But and, and we did a lot of like a very hard hitting stories on the establishment as well, or like a big property giants and, and, and a lot of like, you know, like on everyone. The fascinating thing, I think, which I still like see it as like, uh, it is really interesting as people ask like, okay, which side are you on? Like, because sometimes you do story, it feels like you are on rightist sort of, you know, side. But then you also, so right now we, we are doing a show called Naked Truth with the transgender. And it's like one of the most watched shows in Pakistan right now. It's like a probably 10 million views, uh, 15 million views on the season one. And, and that's like woman empowerment and inclusion and all of that. So like whoever sort of, you know, sometimes call us and say, okay, like, please, please don't do this and that. But at least they know that we are not funded by or it's not like any agenda. We want to be a very centrist sort of a platform. And we, 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 we are giving both sides of the story, whether you like it or not, but it's not like it's not, there is no agenda at least, you know, so that's that at least I think what we have sort of did, did really well, I think, compared to like other sort of outlets. And Julie is a really good example because like, you know, she's sort of talking about sort of leftist issues because she's a transgender woman and she's basically speaking very, very sort of brutally, honestly about Pakistani society, both good and bad things. And that's part of the reason why she's gotten a lot of attention, but she's also almost so, she's so raw that it doesn't see, it's not hmm. polished. People sort of think, okay, this can't be really funded by anyone because it's so out of the box that it's not. so. Even that, which may put us in the category of, of sort of like less leftist or Western funded, that also can't quite be boxed in. Um, and I think that's a that's a strategy that Telha has had from the beginning and has really been sort of the, the I think, golden ticket to, to success so far. 
Sorry, I'll, I'll jump in here. So you've run this business for four years now. And in that process, you've learned, obviously, a heck of a lot about how to ask for money. What are some of the lessons that you wish you knew early on that would have made your life so much easier? That's a really good uh, question. I think one thing which I, I still like feel a lot, but again, the problem like in the start is because we were not having a lot of money to sort of focus on all the aspects of things. So like as an example, like building the YouTube channel, building the Instagram on the side. So what we did was, okay, like the strategy should be to start focusing on one platform, build that, build the brand there, and then move into different sort of pieces. So that was the one thing I think we should have started probably focusing on all the, like from website to Instagram to to, to YouTube and like all, all the places. And, and was, your, was your rationale there that you would have different types of treatments for different platforms? Was that why you wanted to do it differently? Exactly, exactly. The the ideally, you know, like if you want to build a YouTube at least, so you need like a long form content. So because our focus for the first year and a half was like slightly shorter form content, like two, three minute, four minute pieces. And that was like mostly like contextual news and all of that, which probably like doesn't work really, really well on YouTube. So on the YouTube right now, we have changed the strategy and, and now we are going into long form content with these like bureaucrat series with the uh, series with the journalists in Pakistan, with the judges, with these, you know, like more of a show sort of uh, style. So it's like a season one, eight to 10 episodes and, and slightly longer form uh, interviews as well. Uh, one other thing I think, which was, which like maybe we, 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 we might have done in the start again, depending on, you know, we were not having a lot of money to do that, to set up a different content verticals. So looking at the funders, like if we build this sort of vertical so we can go and pitch this vertical to this development or corporate sector or anything. Initially, as I said, like I was having zero business background. There was no business plan. There was nothing. It was like, let's just make videos. I, I literally like, you know, sometimes it's like fascinating when people hear this. Like I didn't know about this like startup culture, like literally just two years back. I was like so focusing on work, like we we just hire, like have a small room with the two producers, one editor, and just doing, doing, doing. And then I think a year and a half, or roughly two years back, I came to know that okay, there's a whole like startup ecosystem in Pakistan which is like building. But again, it was not like a news; it was again like a very techie, very like a different sort of uh, stuff which people were doing. So it's like you know learning like sort of every. Every single day. I mean, like, to be honest, like, uh, I mean, one day in the start, I think probably two and a half, three years back when Alexa, like, started working full time with us. She, she was with us from the start. But so she said, okay, like, le- like, show me your accounts, you know. And we were just, like, on a working holiday. And, and I said, like, what accounts are you saying? She said, like, show me the Excel sheet, like, all the expense. I said, there is no Excel sheet. It's, it's on my MacBook and there is a note, like, the app. And over there, it's, like, January... Like, this is the expense, this is the expense. I, I was just kind of laughing at that because I think it's, <laughs> it's such a hilarious point to make, but go, go on. Not only that, it was like, oh, let me go into this, like, WhatsApp thread and pull information from here. Like, we literally spent three hours, like, collating. With a whole bunch of emoji as well, they go with it. How do you think of products? What's next? Would you play around with text? Would you do radio? Would you do... Only audio? Would you do live events? What, what about research, reports? What are you thinking? 
So so right now, I think my focus or what I'm thinking right now is we, we managed to crack the code of like the short pieces of content. So that's like working really well. And the next thing, I think after the COVID now, people are spending a lot of time and like doing everything digital and all of that. So there's still a gap of the long form content in terms of like all the genres, whether it's like a political show, whether it's like a social issue show. But the hook, I think over there, a lot of people are doing it, but again, not going viral or like not like a really good production quality. Again, I think the one thing which I said in the mention is to humanize that talk. So what we are doing right now is there is no plan, there is nothing. It's like a basic framework and then you just like go about it. And then obviously the the distribution strategy is also very important. It's not like, okay, you have a one episode and just put it on YouTube. Take like at least 20 pieces of chunks and like distribute on all social platforms and from there start driving the traffic to the YouTube or wherever. Mostly I think a long form content, which one-on-one discussions and going into the minds of people and trying to understand who they are, whether it's like a politician, bureaucrat, judges, like, you know, anyone. Yeah. And this is something we've also talked about. I would really like to do more live events in terms of, so essentially basically like fora, because we can talk about creating a Pakistani narrative and I understand the hypocrisy of an American, but I'm just a fanboy over here, you know, just supporting in, in the, whatever way I can. But I think that we also know that while we've really gotten to know our audience in Islamabad and Lahore and Karachi, some of the more um, rural or not even rural, but just remote parts of the country, we're certainly not necessarily targeting. And so if we're really going to sort of walk our talk, so to speak, I think we need to be continually expanding our horizons and really getting to not only our audience, but the people who are not yet our audience. So, you know, Pakistan is is 60% of the population is under 30. So it's a lot of youth. But I also think we have quite a few like between 45 and, and 60 who are interested in our content. And I think bringing them into the fold, maybe even older than that, bringing youth who are in areas that we're not currently, you know, that have different kind of interests and realities to really understand like what do you see as the need whoops i think we've lost them and just like that we've lost the line to pakistan which is hmm, a bit strange but i guess that kind of wraps up the show doesn't it that wraps up the show. I love how they talked about their business and their accounts. And, you know, we've seen so many organizations grow like that. I love the honesty, you know, be fun to to watch their journey as we go. Yeah, exactly. And, and on that point, you know, this is something we hear a lot of from, from anyone who's kind of started up before, especially those coming from journalism, right? Walking to, into, into running your own business, you don't know how to do the books, you don't know how to do Excel, you don't know how to, you know, how to think about revenue and all that. And all of this stuff you learn so quickly as a, as a result of that. The beginning of that story is always, all I wanted to do was videos. I loved when they said that. And then you go from that to, you know, you're producing all this work and then you look around you and they're like, listen, I need to keep doing this. This needs to be viable. Well, I've got a team to pay for. I, I, I need to be able to do this big story. And then my audiences like it. I've got validation. Now I need to do this tomorrow and then next week. And now I've got to get a better business uh, accounting situation. And I need someone like Alexa, not just to understand the strategy and the grant making process, but to, you know, take screenshots of my WhatsApp chats and figure out where the accounts are. 
Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a shame. I wanted to get more into that with them as well to understand how they're running the business today and how they're, you know, doing the books and uh, doing their forecasting and budgets and all that. But we'll save that for another day, huh? See, that gives us an excuse to call them back and catch up with them. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to hear more from Centrum, just let us know and uh, we'll get them back on the line. And that was another episode of Splice Pink. Bye-bye. 